Welcome to Hollywood Changemakers, the official podcast of the Hollywood Prayer Network, where we hear the stories of creatives and industry professionals as they live out their faith in the world of film, television, music, and all entertainment. This podcast is for visionaries who believe in the power of prayer and want to see change in our culture. This is Hollywood Changemakers. Welcome to the first ever Genesis edition of Tracks for a Castaway, in which we ask interesting questions to interesting people through the lens of music about their lives. Our first guest is Marlena Smith. She is an actor and singer-songwriter based here in Los Angeles. And she recently played an important role in the show The Chosen. Marlena played Judas. Oh, or maybe she didn't. We're going to ask Marlena Smith which six songs she will choose to take to a desert island. This is Tracks for a Castaway. How are we starting this? Uh, well, we have here Marlena Smith. Thank you for being here with us. Welcome. <laughs> Sorry, it was just like there's a lot of voices. So She's going over here. <laughs> just well, it's over. very. I think it's very epic that oh. your first ever podcast, the first noise that comes out of your mouth is a snort. Well, some content warning for our viewers: uh, Marlena burps frequently, so we're most likely going to adjust that. your volumes levels. But I haven't had any uh, suds, so it should be okay. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> I know you've been waiting for us for quite a while now. Um, this is the second part of our series. I'm just freaking. This is the know, first keep ever, talking here. <laughs> the first ever Measure for Measure podcast. And you are going to be our guinea pig, Marlena Smith. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Let's experiment. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. So in your website, which because I'm a keen researcher, I oh. looked. Oh, I should probably have updated ago. it, yeah. It researcher. The Stalker. It says, Marlena Smith, actor, musician, kind of cool person. What makes you kind of cool? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, geez, you know. Uh, and then. Likewise. Just, yeah, just a lot I feel that. of. I've noticed a lot of that one. Like, if you count them up, it's like not that many things, but it's like a few things. So that's why it's kind of. Where, where do you hail from? Uh, Houston. I'm from Houston. Living in Sherman Oaks, if we want to get specific, I don't know. So you're a Texan? Do you identify as a person from Texas? Yeah, I mean, that is where I'm from, so that makes sense. It, do you uh, think that Texas, everything is bigger in Texas? Uh, yeah, I mean, we got, like, you know, you can get, like, really good, uh, like, barbecue and on, like, a giant tray, so. I've only been to Texas in airports on the way to other places. Oh, same. That's not true. I've, I've been to Texas once. Well, I was... It, Two days in El Paso one time. That's the only city that I left the airport for. You say El Paso? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So my mom lived for a while. Oh, really? Yeah, when she left, or once her family left Mexico, then they like stayed in El Paso for a little bit and then made their way to Houston. So your mom is of Mexican descent? Yes, precious lady. And your father? Uh, he's from, I mean, he's white, but he's from uh, Maryland. I think it, well, I think it was... He was actually born in California, and then he, I think he went to high school in Maryland, and then went to college in Florida. And now you live in Sherman Oaks. And now I live in Sherman Oaks. How long? Uh, well, I've been in L.A. for six years. And, and how much Sher- longer Sherman do you have Oaks left for? in L.A.? That's not up to me. 
I don't know. I guess it is up to me, but. <laughs> well, you'll never work in this town again. Yeah, just for not being here. <laughs> yeah. One day I want to say that to someone. Yeah. You can say, you just said it to me. I so. did, but like, I got to say that for reals. You want to mean it. Well, as um, you may know, we force you to pick eight songs that you would take to a desert island. And this premise, I have to admit, it's not an original concept that I came up with. There's an old BBC show that we, with very respectfully, are going to parody and butcher a bit, in which you're going to be taking these records or tracks or pieces or works, whatever, to a desert island. And uh, we're going to start with the first one of your choice, which is the song Grace by, can you say who? Jeff Buckley. What a guy. Can you tell us why you chose this song? Um, well, this one would probably be, this would be a wild one actually having on the, on the desert island, just because of like, he is dealing with his like mortality and leaving and mm. dying. So if I probably would feel like that on an island, but at the same time, he's coming to terms with it and accepting it. And he's like, he's ready. He's ready for it whenever it comes kind of thing. So, and it also just sounds really sick and his vocal, I mean, like, Every, like when people talk about Jeff, they talk about his voice and how insane it is and what he can do with it and the range and obviously his guitar playing is insane too. But it's just, I feel like what he does vocally just is really piercing to like he, or he's one of those artists that really feels like he fully can put in you what he's feeling. And in, yeah, it's just like, it's very overwhelming. So I, I love what he's, I love this song. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Scotty, play it. Jump in, if we may. Come on in. Welcome. Did you know that David Bowie said that... Did I pronounce it right? Um, Bowie. Bowie. Bowie, okay, sorry. Did you know that he said that Grace, the album, is one of the best albums ever made? And he himself chose this track when he went on that show. Wow. You're in good company. David, what a guy. And Bob Dylan said that Jeff Buckley was one of the great songwriters of this decade. I assume... The decade this was written. That nice. current decade, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he inspired a lot of the other artists that I have on there, like uh, Audio Slave or, or oh, like Chris spoiler, Cornell. Spoiler. Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, speaking of Radiohead. <laughs> speaking of the 90s, what were you doing in the 90s? I was being born. Uh, oh, I tried that once. <laughs> I was born in 94, so I was born when this album came out. Oh. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, you know, I was just goofing around. <laughs> so do you re you have Scrolling memories up. of the 90s? Some people don't remember what Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, well, I feel like uh, I feel like a lot of my memories from the 90s are through television. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of good shows. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember being a kid in the 90s. But I'm sure more the more prominent ones are probably the 2000s just cuz. What's your earliest memory? I don't I don't know. I don't know if I have one. Uh, I, I've, we've talked about this before, and yeah. he's told me his earliest memory. Yeah, I don't know I if have. you what feel like your, sharing I mean, that. This show's not so about me. You asked the question, just I did. Lead, lead the way. I, I remember my first birthday party. Nice. No, everyone says that, including my wife. But I remember, uh, what I remember is coming out of, the my dad carried me out of the room, 
And there was a whole bunch of people there waiting for me to come out. And they were all like, yeah, woo. And I was really embarrassed. My first feeling was embarrassment. And I turned my head away. That's what I remember. Like into his shoulder or something? Yeah, into my dad's well, shoulder. Well, I do believe it like because I have a memory of my mom meeting the president of Costa Rica. I didn't know he was the president of Costa Rica. And she said I was one year old. Uh, my mom had me when she was in university. And the president came to speak to the university, and she went to talk to the president afterward the speech. And uh, she said that was when I was one, so she doesn't believe that I remember. But I said, I remember that you were talking to him like in a br- behind a brick wall. Said, That's true. That's the brick wall of the university gym. So I have evidence. Yeah, see? So we, we can remember, you know, one is about when your memory starts. Fine. Do you have like a, um, you know, inspirational music kind of a memory from growing up like what kind of got you into music in general a lot of or or a few of those artists on that list are like artists i've been listening to since middle school so yeah they've they're still around um can i mention can we talk about the list and sporadically or can we do we have to go you can do whatever (coughs) i mean like i have lincoln park on there so i've been listening to them since i was a kid (laughs) essentially and uh I mean, yeah, I mean, they, well, I don't know if they inspired what I do musically, but as far as just, like, being a band I really admired, they were they were there, and then they've just, they've, I've just, I've never stopped listening to them, you know? I never grew out of it, and I, well, not that you need to or should, but I, I think for a while there was a period where I guess people felt like they had grown out of Linkin Park, but now they're like, they have, you know, everyone loves them again, so it's okay. But, um... I mean, I don't know if that's true that they grew out of it. Like, when did you start <laughs> your musical journey? Like, uh, did you musical start playing instruments, singing? What did you do? When? I guess I started. Uh, I started kind of young. Well, I was interested in playing the guitar first, and my dad had given me like my initial kind of lesson, and I was I was kind of I was like ten, so I felt like, or I started it, and I was like, oh, this hurts my fingers too much, so I only did the one lesson with my dad, and then like when I was thirteen, I was like, okay, I want to do this again. So I got back on the guitar and started taking lessons because um, my grandmother is also very supportive and she was like, uh, just really encouraged it and wanted to financially support with lessons and stuff. So my dad was like, yeah, you may as well. So I was like, great. So I did that for a while. And uh, then eventually I just started picking up the piano and goofing around on there and playing, making up stuff. And not to any degree that Ryan plays, but you know, oh, to you're my, a, to you're my a own pianist? degree. Um, <laughs> I dabble. You could say. Well, that leads us to the second. Speaking of goofing around, uh, the next song is Where I End and You Begin by... It's not Like a Stone by Audio Sleeve? Yes, I skipped one. <laughs> well, this is the like next song is Like a Stone by... Audio Slave. No. <laughs> Audio Slave. Like a Stone by Audio Slave. That's right. Which is a super group, which is a term that I didn't know. A super group is a group made of members from other groups. That's right. There you go. Yeah, you got Tom Morello. You got Soundgarden. <laughs> Formerly. 
you have this thing on YouTube that you take one second of video of every day of the year. Yes. And at the end of the year, you put them all together. Yes. And you've been doing that for several years. Yes. Uh, like, it's yeah, like six. I think I've done six of them. So, yeah, six years. Uh, six years. It's like a diary. Yeah. It's a nice way to keep all my memories because I'm very sentimental, mm-hmm. you know. So. Are you? Yeah. Are you sentimental too? Oh, I'm very sentimental. Yeah. I have... I, I revisit a lot of pictures, a lot of videos. I've, like, transferred all these VHS tapes, you know. I'm like, whatever nice. I can have, I want it, you know. Is this somehow connected to your ability to act? Uh, no, I think it's more, um, or, like, I probably became more sentimental because uh, of, like, well, I think I always was, but I want to grab more things because whenever my uh, father had passed away, this is 10 years ago, and I was collecting all these pictures, I was like, I want more, and I want as much of this as I can have. I was like, there, like, wasn't enough, and, you know, I mean, there'll probably never be enough because it's always like, you know, you're just, I'm just searching, I just want him again, so it's that kind of thing. But now that I've, and I guess in some morbid way, or it's not entirely morbid, it makes sense to want to do it, but if whatever I can have, I just want to be able to have every part of people that are in my life so I like having all these pictures and videos because it's like I can always look back on it if for some reason they leave sooner than I anticipated but I mean that makes sense I yeah. think about that a lot yeah uh, I mean I could get lost in photos even about people I don't know I just like it's, it's like a snapshot of that moment in time with this person and they have mm-hmm. a whole story yeah so well if you're interested I can just start unloading some photo albums of myself great yeah you know in case I pass sure yeah. I'm just going to start texting Whatever you. Whatever you got, just send like, my way. I'm pictures. also a fastidious chronicler myself, and people are like, are you taking a picture of these two? Why? And that's I think that's the, the same reason, mm-hmm. to create. Uh, I'm also nost- driven by nostalgia sometimes. and yeah. But also nostalgia is a way of telling a story of why we're here in the present, mm-hmm. the way we are. So I think that's something that artists take a lot of their art from, like all their story. Yeah. Ha- that's how we tell our new stories, by understanding our story. Right. Let's go to your next song, which now correctly is <laughs> where I end and you begin. Bye. Radiohead. Scotty. So tell us more about your dad. Was he, um, is he, uh, I mean, he introduced you to guitar. So how much of a musical influence was he in your life? Um, I mean, uh, big in a way, uh, because he, I mean, he was a huge Beatles fan. Both of my parents were Beatles fans. And my mom actually saw the Beatles when she was a teenager um, in Houston. Man. And it was very loud, so she didn't really have a great time because she couldn't even hear the music. But... <laughs> Because, you know, everyone was screaming. But, yeah, I mean, my dad, he played guitar, and he had a band when he was in high school. Um, and uh, I have his guitar now, so I play it, you know, when I when I do shows or the few times I've done shows. And with Ryan, we've done shows. That's right. And he has a Gibson SG from, so it's like a late 60s model. So it's, um, I'll probably keep that forever. But, yeah, he's definitely, um, he listened to a lot of rock bands, and so that definitely influenced, uh, I guess, suppose what I like. So you were, so you said 10 years ago he passed? Yes. So I was 19, almost 20. It was toward the end of the year. Hmm. 
do you um how would you say that has influenced your art or beyond that i mean obviously that's like <laughs> a traumatic life-changing experience mm. so i don't know just dive into that a little bit as you feel like it yeah i mean it's 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 a big i mean it's influenced it in a lot of ways or or rather it's art has been the way that i've I guess encapsulated or uh, you know you end up using art to kind of process things and kind of give uh, whatever you're feeling a different voice or visual I don't know um, so it's it's certainly made its way into a lot of things because I've uh, I've yeah I've used it to also to like keep him kind of present in a sense so if I can put him into a song then he's still a part of my life and I know he isn't because he's just you know he's my dad he's always going to be a part of me but like making a song about him or like writing a film about him is, is just a way to kind of capture what I had had with him and yeah again to process in some way because I um I have a song I wrote about him called like you did and my mom <laughs> My mom. Well, she's probably gonna watch this so but anyway my mom was like hi mom <laughs> hi mom welcome um she's great too but i haven't written a song about her actually i have but she probably just doesn't remember i was like a lot younger and it probably doesn't sound that good but anyway she was like why do i have to die for you to write a song about me that's <laughs> <laughs> what she told me and um i was like i was like i didn't write that song for him i wrote that for me <laughs> like that was for me to like deal with it and like capture something with him so it's like that's why i haven't written a song about you mother i love you so much but i will write a song about you before you die i promise (laughs) (laughs) and so will i i will capture it now but um but yeah so yeah it's just a way to deal with things i suppose and and it's made its way so you mentioned um a film i know that you're currently working on a film i'm not sure how much you want to say now Uh, about it if anything uh, yes, this is the first short film that I've written that was all mine. Like, I've collaborated with friends. But, um, but yeah, this one was just for me and a, about, and a way to write about my grief. And, uh, and it was really hard to write it and, and shoot it. But it's, it's really hard writing something super close to you and personal because it, um, it's hard to make it effective in a way because it's always going to affect you. And so you're like, yeah, this works. But then it's like, but as a film, it's like, oh, actually, this is like not translating. (laughs) So how do I make this like cinematic while still being maintaining what I want to say about it? So it was really it was really hard to write it, but also very helpful because I learned. Or there was just new realizations I had um, in writing about uh, grief um, that I didn't I hadn't fully articulated before. So it was nice to to discover that along the way. So, yeah, it's very helpful. But it's very hard. Writing's very hard. But I, it's I, the hardest. Yeah, it's really. I mean, it's it's everything, right? You know, you start there, and then good luck. But if it's if, if your base isn't good, then jeez, you know. And I don't even know if it was good, so we'll see. <laughs> well, put a pin on that, and we're gonna go to your next song, which is Nom by. Surface, don't know what 
So, what brought you to LA? Um, well, my my friend, a friend from Houston, he was uh, planning on moving to LA, and he invited me along, um, along with his friend, Chris, and <laughs> his college, uh, his old college friend, and um, and initially I was like, what? No, that's crazy. Um, but after. After, I guess, a series of events with, like, my father and my grandmother and, like, um, their deaths, and I guess I felt like it was a good time for me to to step into something else, and, um, yeah, I guess I just explored and prayed and thought it was a good time to do it, to pursue acting and music. Um, mainly, it was acting, and then I'd always kind of played music, but hadn't been like that... Um, I guess determined as I have with um, acting, but um, upon arriving, I discovered that music was a very lovely part of it all, and um, had kind of found myself pushed into these, or nudged into these areas of, of music, and um, so I embraced it more, and it became a very fruitful part of it um, pre-COVID. <laughs> I miss the band, Ryan. <laughs> I know we gotta get the band. Gotta back get the together. band back the together. Band. The super band. That's yeah, right. Super band. Well, let's move on to the next song, which um, it's Don Chorus by Tom Yorkie. No, <laughs> Tom York. It's a song about loss, nostalgia, and regret, with hushed, hushed, almost spoken vocals. According to Wikipedia. Okay, yes, and they are hushed. And it feels like that, doesn't it? Tom York. Can we get a little bit deeper? Yes. Uh, what is your favorite ice cream? <sighs> you know, recently I had one um, that was like, it was like a peanut butter caramel fudge swirl kind of thing. And it was really good. Um, that's definitely most recent uh, favorite. I would have it again right now. Is that just like a Ralph's variety? Yeah, it was just like Ralph's. It's like robot something or other. Robot. Uh, that robot love. Huh. Very relevant. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know if I, I have like a superhero. I mean, when I was a kid, I was like chocolate, you know, easy. Classic. Also, we loved mint chocolate chip. We always had bluebell mint chocolate chip in the fridge. I think that was my dad's favorite, so it just became all our favorites because that's what he kept buying. <laughs> Uh, so, recently, you played a role in a show, a series that has been seen around the world yeah. by many people. You played the role of Judas' sister. Yes, Devorah is the name they gave her. <laughs> <laughs> Devorah. Yeah, Devorah. How did you get this role in this big show, and how was it playing somebody from the first century AD in Israel, connected to one of the most famous 
persons in history. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty famous, right? Jesus, um, <laughs> the Baptist. You know. um, Jesus the Baptist. <laughs> he was baptized. Um, yeah, I, you know, my manager submitted me for it, and then I did the audition. And initially, it was like for a different role that they had said, but I think they were just trying to like. Jesus, you auditioned for the role of Jesus. No, that was already cast. You oh, know, okay. it had two seasons prior, already mm. under its belt. Shoot, hey, what happens? So, um, but yeah, you know, I read it and then I got a call back and went over there and uh, met everyone. You know, Dallas was there for the call back and the director. And um, yeah, you know, we threw we threw some jokes around. I started crying because that was the scene. You know, there was tears in the scene. But ah, <laughs> I was gonna say like the jokes just weren't that funny, and then you just yeah, like, like, oh, you guys <laughs> burst into tears. Um, yeah, no, it was good. It was it was a really good audition, and or, you know, I had a good experience with them. So I I got to walk away feeling like good about you know what I had done, which was nice because you don't always feel that way. And uh, yeah, and then they booked me, and I flew over there and met my buddy Luke. You know that he plays Judas, Luke Dimion, and we hit it off. So it was really nice. I mean, because we just got to like hang out right away. Because um, it was like you know you have your travel day, then like a fitting day, and then you film, and then your other travel day. So they really spread it out for me, which is nice. But yeah, I mean, it was it was just nice to get to dig into something and to dig into such a rich story is, um, I mean, gosh, what a gift. I so. imagine you must have gotten a lot of texts from friends that they saw you or yeah, something. Yeah, you know, here and there, here and there, <laughs> sprinkling <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, some people had gone to the theater, so um, my cousin, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't think to, my cousin didn't know I was in it, and... Um, so he went with his family, and then my his daughter's texting me. She's like, you're in this! And she's, like, sending me pictures. She's like, we didn't know you were in it! So it was really fun to surprise some people <laughs> that had went and saw it. Do you have either an ideal role or a most inspiring role that you've played so far? Um, I don't know if there's, like, an ideal role, but, I mean... There's certainly directors that I would love to work with, like um, like Paul Thomas Anderson and Lynn Ramsey. Um, I love them. So, like, uh, I feel like it'd be nice to be in a film that feels like those, like their movies. Mm. What are some of the movies for well, those? Well, that of leads us specifically to our next song, ah. yeah, which it does. is uh, a cue from the movie <laughs> "You Were Never Really Here." Yeah, directed by Lynn Ramsey <laughs> and music by Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. And he plays for PTA. The song title is Three Strings. chosen and uh, like on the plane and looking at over the city and it was all dark and all the lights were on and I was just like wow this is this is hitting hard <laughs> it's a beautiful song it's very it feels like it it feels like it's making you feel everything that you're um or like the best it when I listen to it like to kind of be contemplative it feels like it's wrapping me in like the f what I should be feeling in the sense of like or it's kind of encompass. It feels like it's encompassing things that are happening, but in like 
a good way, like depending on what it's encompassing, right? But it just feels like it can wrap it all up for you and kind of illuminate where what something is. So I love that song. So how would your life be in a desert island? Uh, are you like a person who can take care of yourself, uh, take care of yourself, like figure out how to survive? I mean, yeah, I mean, certainly hope so. I, uh, I would think I would try and survive, but at the same time, maybe to be like, you know what, this is fine. I'll just listen to that song and just let the water take me. <laughs> 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 but I think I'd put up a fight initially. But um, you know, I haven't, I haven't put myself in any kind of circumstances like that, other than camping. But that's like with a tent and stuff. So you know, that's it. Well, this brings us to the next part of our podcast, where we will be taking you. Um, where do we say Death Valley? Mm-hmm. I think uh, we're gonna drop you off there. And it's no um, desert island; it's just desert. No. It's desert. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of resources. Uh. Uh. No. Uh. That's the point. So. Um. We'll see you maybe in a week. Okay, I'll try my best. Um. No. Um. Tangents here. Didn't you guys had the budget for that? Yeah. Well, it doesn't really cost much. I mean, gas. I guess is kind yeah, of expensive. Gas. We can split the gas. Um, but although Death Valley is a national park, so it costs thirty dollars to get in. So if you could Venmo us, actually, it'd be helpful. So uh, I have a question. Um, you have certain Marlena isms, and those of you who don't know Marlena, which is most of our viewers, well, depends on who's viewing. Um, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> not my mom. Um, yeah, but my mom, for instance, doesn't know Marlena. And um, Marilena has certain quirks, uh, certain ways of talking. Um, I don't know if you could describe any of that. It's kind of, you know, go, go for it. Do some. <laughs> talking about like the high voice? Though? I don't know. Yeah, the high <laughs> voice or pronunciation of certain words. Um, Which words, Ryan? Oh, well, let's see here. Do you remember? You're bringing it up. Well, people, certain people's names. Oh, yeah. I like to put bees in people's names. Yeah. Except like I can't do it to Ryan, but I can do it to his wife, Ronnie. I call her Rombi. Rombi. Mm-hmm. Or like Chris is Crib. Crib. Yeah. What would my name be? Andrib. Um, oh, yeah. Andrib. Andre. Andre. Andrib. Andrib. Yeah. My mom, I call her Mombi. Yeah. Mommy. Uh, I'm trying Mommy. to think of other words. Like um, That could be the title yes. of the song you'll write for her. Yeah, Mombi. It probably would Mombi. be. She would find it hilarious. Ooh. Honestly, I started developing that, like, this stupid kid character uh, with her because I was like, well, you know, my dad, he had been really sick, and that's why uh, he ended up dying because he was really sick. So while he was really sick and she was taking care of him, I started acting like a kid. (laughs) As one does in these circumstances. I mean, you know, I was not, like, not a kid in need. Like, please feed me, you know, um, just just acting like, just being silly with her like a kid. So I, like had this voice that I would do with her. That, uh, yeah, so we had a good time. And that just kind of stuck around. Yeah, I just kept doing it. I couldn't stop. <laughs> it became part of who you I'm are. Just a kid to everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next song is Across the Universe by... Is that the next song? That's next song on my yeah. notes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're right. All right. Um, the Beatles. are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup they slither wildly as they slip away across the universe pools of sorrow waves of joy are drifting through my opened mind the 
Why did you, cho- you choose this song? Both your parents love the Beatles. Yeah, they love the Beatles. You know, that's for them. No, uh, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's a nice way to remember my parents, and then it's also, or a, a few of those songs feel like things that just kind of like take you somewhere else, and um, that one's a nice song for that, and like reminding you to kind of preserve the part of you that uh, I guess the I guess your kind of inner world that you can build that you want to preserve and like at least that's how I kind of interpret like nothing's going to change my world and like whatever's happening you can still kind of sit in your inner world and be okay with it um, so it's and it's just like uh, that melody is just so beautiful I just love how that sounds and it feels and it's just it's like this you know it feels like that Visually, I know. If, yeah. if you're just listening, I'm moving my hands around in a floaty way. <laughs> it's not one of those like. <coughs> yeah, songs. so I'm not, I'm not pumping fists. I'm just floating around. A lot of floaty songs. I guess it goes well with the desert island. Yeah, yeah. Sentiment. Like I could definitely be in the water, just drifting away and be like, I'm not in the desert right now. I'm in my world. Unless I like being in the desert. Desert. When nice I feel sometimes. like I don't want to be there anymore and want to go back into my inner world, I'll just listen to that song. It'll take you across the universe. It'll take me across the universe, even. Um, I think that's they, they probably play that song in the movie Across the Universe when he's floating in the water. It's just got that vibe. And well, let's go to your next song, which is the last one. Yes. It's okay. Operator by Jim Croce. Jim Croce. Ah, see, I told you. <laughs> Jim Croce. <laughs> Operator, oh, could you help me place this call? See the number on the matchbook is old and faded. Living in LA with my best old ex friend Ray. Operator by Jim Croce. Croce. I notice a, par- a pattern in several of the songs uh, are by artists that tragically died quite young. Does that resonate with you somehow in music? Um, not. Not yet. There. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it. I don't know how that would resonate uh, that they've died young, but <laughs> 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 yes, I too have died young. Uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about uh, these guys' perspective <laughs> on their well, limited time. Well, Jim was pretty, he was actually pretty young. He's like younger than than you think he would be whenever he died. He was 30. Because, yeah, because he just looks older. He's like, he's got that full Everybody mustache. looked older back yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> well, the goal for this project of you being left in the desert island uh, is not to die. Right. So but I've listened to... A We're gonna give you one luxury item to right. to keep. But you said it wasn't to help me survive. No, just a luxury, like something that will help you. Somebody's eventually might rescue you. Sure. Okay. But this is just to like enjoy your time there a little sure. better. Sure. I mean, you know, I would love to be able to still like make coffee with my frothed oat milk. Is that like? Does that count? Because yeah, yeah, you know, I'd love to wake up yeah. and be like, "All right, what are we doing today?" And then put all these songs on and just sip That's my coffee. Powered. Uh, Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, it's work. a few items, you know. I still need, like, a mug. I still need, like, 
Yeah, like a pour whole, over and like a froth. Yeah, the whole package. Could be like a gift, like one of those Christmas gift packages, and like the whole box okay, thing. Okay, so like a box set. can count it as one. Yeah, and uh, what one book you would take? We'll give you the Bible. Okay, that's free. Thanks. That's a lot of material. And the Book of Mormon. Okay, that's included oh. in a lot of hotel rooms nowadays. Yeah. Oh wow, options. Gideon's Bible. It, do you have a book you would take? Are you a reader? Uh, you can I choose an audiobook if you're I'm not a reader. <laughs> I'm not like uh, I'm not a super. I'm not as much of a reader. Naughty. Yeah, another <laughs> audiobook. <laughs> Pick a naughty book. A naughty oh, book. audio. See, I heard another yeah. book, but you said naughty. audio. Well, that's where your mind is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, too, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't read as much as I would like to, but I have been reading lately, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I would take uh, as far as like. There's, there's there's some books I really enjoy, but they are some of them can kind of be kind of bleak. So this one feels like, like the Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring, would be a nice book to go back to over and over again because it's a nice place to be. Um, that world is really enchanting, and so I would like to go. Like that book made me feel really warm and fuzzy, and I mean it, the Lord of the Rings is just very. Um, it just has that feeling anyway, and then you know, since I was a kid, and then so it carries all the nostalgia, but also they're just like really good movies, and so yeah, so the books also do that for me too, which is nice. So yeah, I'd love to read Lord of the Rings again. Fellowship. You have all that time in the world. Yeah, I can. Do, yeah, it's a, do it several. And it's times a long already. journey too, so yeah, it's good to have like a, a more of a long journey kind of book if I'm going to be reading it over and over again. There's well a lot of songs in that one. You know? uh, our Uber to LAX. The, to the plane that is going to fly you to the desert island is uh, it's out, so we're going to deliver you to the desert island. Okay. Everything you ask for is on your luggage, Perfect. and you're on your way there. We're going to stay here sure. in safe stay land. Stay hydrated. Yeah. We're going to hydrate a lot. And But thank you for yeah. coming with us, and good luck in the island. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Changemakers, a production of the Hollywood Prayer Network. We are a community of Christians praying for the global entertainment industry. For more industry news, events, and conversations about faith, follow us at Hollywood Changemakers and at Hollywood Prayer Network. To learn more about HPN, please visit hollywoodprayernetwork.org. Today's episode was hosted by Andre Soto and Ryan Wyman with special guest Marlena Smith. Our producers are Scotty Mirig and Lauren Duncan. Executive producers with the Hollywood Prayer Network are Karen Covell and Kelly Kirshenman. Audio by Scotty Mirig and editing by Lauren Duncan. Theme music by Jim Covell. Today's episode was filmed in Hollywood, California.